welcome to the Get In It podcast. We are here with Vicky. Is it Bane or Bun? Bane. 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 Vicky Bane. Okay. Yeah. I'm always so scared of mispronouncing people's That's last okay. names. That's okay. I lived in France for a while, so I got banned quite a lot. That's fine. It means bath. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Mm. So Vicky is the owner and founder of Chocolosa, yes. which they are basically our next door neighbors here at 44 Stanley. Absolutely, yeah. And you guys make the most delicious chocolates. That's our mission in life. And some amazing coffee as well. Tell me how you got started. So we started, Chocolosa was actually born in Belgium. So I lived in Belgium for a while and I trained there. And the idea for Chocolosa came out of that. We wanted to combine really, really good Belgian chocolates mm. with the best of our ingredients because we have the best fruits and nuts and dairy on the planet. And so by we you mean South Africa? South Africa, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And I think anybody that's lived out of South Africa can attest to that. Yeah. So we wanted to combine the two and we wanted to make it proudly South African. So that's why our tagline is seriously Belgian, naturally African. So we source our chocolate is Belgian, but everything else is local from our packaging to our raspberries to our team. Everything is proudly South African. It's amazing. So I know you have a background in environmental law and sustainability. Yeah, that's right. So how did that sort of translate over? <laughs> so yeah, I'm still a big tree hugger and uh, my background in environmental law and sustainability translates by being, for instance, all of our packaging is locally made. It's mm. all made from recycled boards. And when somebody brings back a box, we give them a free chocolate Amazing. just to keep it going. Yeah. Um, so my concerns about sustainability translate into sourcing for us. So, for instance, we don't use any palm oil because mm. there's massive deforestation issues around that. And we want to purchase our ingredients locally. So have the smallest, smallest carbon footprint as possible. So when I started Chocolosa and I was trying to find a local supplier of packaging who used local board, people told me, you're not in Europe anymore, lady. <laughs> you can't do that here. Yeah. To which I said to them, thank you for your advice. I will ignore it and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. So we have been able to. So our entire brand is, is really my personality. Like I won't buy anything with palm oil in. I try to buy local and um, no preservatives, no artificial flavors, no palm oil, recycled mm -hmm. local ingredients as much as possible. That's amazing. Yeah. And also from a, from a social perspective, to try and do something about, I mean, it's a drop in the water, right? But we try to our team is all women and they've all been trained up um, so the idea is to try and build up a team of women that maybe we otherwise would not have had the opportunity to do it and we have some of the best chocolatiers in the country working for us now. It's amazing. So and you bring people in and teach them yeah. skills they can use outside of Chocolosa as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, yeah. But we felt that if you want to make a, a tiny, tiny difference with poverty, it's, it's best to start with the women in our country. Mm. Um, so we try to, we're very big on women empowerment. That's great. I think, I think with a lot of people, or with a lot of people trying to empower people, or like yeah. just help the poverty and whatnot. Yeah. It becomes a thing where you almost focus too much on the bigger problem and I feel like sometimes yeah. just honing in on like one person you can really just help. Just help one person if you possibly can. If everybody did, that would change a lot. Exactly, because you instill in that person then the same sense of you can actually help someone and then maybe they go on and absolutely, change someone else's yeah. life and then it's a whole knock-on effect. Yeah, So absolutely. I think that's yeah. focusing on the micro is a very good way to do it. Absolutely, and I mean, it's all, some, for some of us it's all we can control, right? But yeah. I think we do have a duty to do something, whatever you can, do mm. something. I was lucky enough to be able to go overseas and we need to spread that around, you know? I was lucky enough and privileged enough to be able to do that. And if I can bring that home and train five people on really to have the same skills that I had overseas, then that's kind of what we're about. Yeah. So, yeah. So what were you doing before Chocolosa? 
environmental law, sustainability. Yeah. So, were so you I was working in that. I was working in Brussels. Yeah. I actually started off working for the lottery here. Okay. Um, so you're probably not old enough to remember, but we used to have like Yutuba and Viva and Zamazama scratch cards. I remember the scratch cards. Do you? Yeah. yeah. I used to work for them. We used to answer the phone. <laughs> um, and that kind of took me on. But my my background is environmental law, so that took me on a journey that took me to France and Belgium. But I was never intending to be away for so long. <laughs> <laughs> really good planning skills, supposed to be in France for a year and a half and ended up in Belgium for 14 years. Crazy? Yeah, absolutely. I was, very homesick. I was very homesick. I actually married a Belgian guy, our daughter was born there and I spent a long time trying to get home. Uh, I literally got off the aeroplane and burst into tears. I was so happy to be back. It was a really long time. I really, really missed home. Yeah. And I'm not going anywhere again, ever. I'm done. I'm staying here. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel exactly the same. My dad's been living in Switzerland for the last 10 years. Oh, really? I visited him twice there, and the one time we were there for a month. And within a month, I just wanted to come home. Exactly. Like, so bad. <laughs> because home is when your soul is. Mm. It's where your soul And yes, it's. Oh, thank you so, so oh, much. Oh, thank you so much for that. Thank you. Look at those coffee skills. Yeah, those are amazing. Thank you. You know, and there's something about there's something about just it's your culture and your people and I don't know, I miss that in Belgium. Belgium is very well organized, it's a beautiful country, it really is my second home. Mm. But this is home. Yeah. With right. all the problem and the beauty and all of that, it's I wouldn't change it for the world. I just love it so much. It's also yeah. exciting to be here. It feels like there's always something going on. There's always opportunity, that's mm. the thing. I and mean there's a lot of misery as well. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like we're a lot better at helping each other here. Mm. I feel like people are a lot more connected. Like, j a silly thing, being able to just buy from your local next door person and she's supporting her family doing that. And people here consciously do that. Mm. Uh, and I think that's something that we can be very proud of as a community. No, you know, definitely. that people absolutely do that. Yeah. And I think 44 Stanley is such a cool little microcosm of that. Isn't exact it exactly? Thing. Exactly. And that was the thing that drew us to it when I was looking for a home for Chocolosa. Mm. Um, we looked at Mabuneng and we looked at Fourth Avenue and Parkhurst and I didn't even want to think about putting our beautiful brand in a mall because that's not who we are. <laughs> but 44 Stanley is perfect. It's about community, it's about skill, um, artisanal products that are handmade locally here mm. and that's such a perfect fit. It's actually like creative environment. Yeah. I feel like a lot of things just happen sort of from being here as yeah. well, which is it's very a very good. creative environment. And also a lot of the people around here that like yourselves and all of the other been there, everybody else here is very passionate about our local products and local skills. Mm. So it's such a perfect fit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So another little thing that I've seen on your website, I think, um, there's a little phrase, you build people and they build the business. Yes, that's true. I think that's incredible. It's very true. It's yes. something that I feel big companies kind of lose focus on. They do. Yeah, they absolutely do. So can I tell you my proudest, proudest moment mm. is when Loveness, who um, is one of the chocolatiers at the back, she used to be a domestic worker. She really is one of the most talented chocolatiers in the country. She's just naturally good at it. Mm. You know, sometimes you're good at things because you've worked hard. Yeah. She's naturally good at it because it's just a skill that she has and we've brought that out together, but she's really, really good at it. And every now and then I will be, my favorite place is working in production, making chocolates with her. Not running the company, but just going back to the basics of, sometimes I just want to make pretty chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> and Loveness will, without a doubt, say to me sometimes, Vicky, you know we don't need you here, you can go and do something else, we actually don't need you here. And 
that's amazing to me you know that's that's incredible she's got so much skill and so much talent and she's so passionate about it that's amazing that actually she doesn't need me I want to be there with her working but yeah. I don't need me <laughs> it's a good thing and a bad thing you know it's yeah. student has become master absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. so another little quirky thing about you guys that I absolutely love is all the phrases and slogans you put everywhere <laughs> and I'm quite curious do you come up with them I don't come up with them I have a very unhealthy addiction to Pinterest okay I have to admit yes so um, and I get to say to my husband he's like are you on Pinterest again I say it's research it's for work um, so one of the things that in Belgium that I really missed is just the sense of humor and the warmth that we have here mm. you know it's for me my experience in Belgium was that it was a lot more formal and you certainly would never hug somebody you've just met. You, yeah. would, you know, it's a lot more formal. It's just different. I'm not saying it's better or worse. It's just different from what our culture is here. Mm. And part of what we wanted to do with Seriously Belgian Naturally African was make it, yes, it's really good chocolate, but yes, you can be a student from UJ and you can come in and put your feet up and you can serve the Wi-Fi all afternoon and nurse one coffee. Perfectly fine with that. Yeah. You know, you don't have to feel that just because it's really good coffee, really good chocolate, you don't have to feel that it's Lani or exclusive or you're not like you know mm. absolutely that's not what we're about and that was part of what we wanted to do is make it fun and funky and approachable mm, but the whole vibe I get from the shop every single time I walk in is just warm and friendly and welcoming I'm like it never feels it never feels like you're in like a shop where you don't want to touch anything exactly that's exactly <laughs> thank you my day is made that's exactly <laughs> what we were trying to do because that was my feeling when you go into a patisserie in France or, or a chocolaterie somewhere mm. it's very for me, I grew up in South, I grew up in Alberton, yeah. so I felt very formal and quite, oh, I need to be careful of my shoes clean kind of thing. Yeah. And that was exactly the vibe that I didn't want to create here, which is why we've got the, the chocolate lounge and you can sit and chill. That's why we put funky sayings all over the place because you don't need to take it that seriously. Yeah. Just because it's good quality doesn't mean it needs to be snobbish. Mm. Yeah. I hear you. I think mission accomplished on that one. Thank you very much. My day is made. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> now, where did you go to school? Uh, so I'm from Bloemfontein. Very, very Afrikaans. Um, I was in Grey College for a little while. Oh, really? And you didn't become a cricketer? No, unfortunately not. My brother-in-law is actually a cricketer. Um, Riley Rousseau. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I'm a big cricket fan. No, they. I didn't want to do any sports other than squash. And I thought, because you're supposed to do a winter and a summer sport in grey, oh. I thought, okay, cool, I can get away with it because you can play squash the whole year round and then they weren't happy with that. Oh, really? <laughs> so I was the girl that used to rock up at school, so I went to Brackenheim in Alberton, and I used to turn up, so they caught me standard six, right, yeah. which is now grade eight. Mm. I need to convert it. <laughs> <laughs> First year of high school, they caught me and I had to get tried out for athletics which I hate and I am not physically coordinated whatsoever it's not one of my skills yeah. very good at making chocolate really bad at hurdles <laughs> and the first year they caught me because you have to try out on the first year mm. but year two to four you two to five I rocked up at school first day of the year with bandages strategically placed somewhere because I wasn't gonna get caught twice yeah so I only had to do athletics in first year which was great that's that's lovely <laughs> No, you gotta come up with a clever plan, like make the world work around I you. I used to hide out in the art class. <laughs> so I used to bunk PE and go hide out in the art class because I had an amazing art teacher, uh, Mrs. Marais, and she changed my life. So if you, like, if you look at Chocolosa, we've got sculptures that are done in, in chocolate and things like that. And mm. chocolate is essentially art and science, which are my two big passions in life. I love okay. science and I love art. Yeah. And the two come together in chocolate. You really need to understand the chemistry of it mm. 
but that's not enough. You also need to be artistic. And I was lucky enough that I had an art teacher who brought that out in me. Mm. Um, so if there's one thing I feel like I'm naturally really good at, it's art. So once you sort of understand the like science aspect of mm. everything, you can just play with it in an artistic way. It. Yeah, you can play. And that's what Loveness does as well. She's mm. also really good at it. You know, she doesn't have a science degree, but she doesn't need to because she gets it. Yeah. You know, and That's it's amazing. it really is science and art come together. And I'm at my happiest when I'm in my workshop and I can just love Mrs. Workshop really now, yeah. or I can just play with it. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. I can sort of liken it to um, like I'm I'm from a very musical background. Mm. Um, so like with guitar, for example, you can go down this rabbit hole of gear where it's just like technical little things and you use different parts in this pedal to make it sound different than this thing and yes. then or you get the one from the 60s because it used different metals as transistors than the ones you get now oh wow like, i know nothing about this it just goes so deep but at the end of the day it's like it's more like a language it's more like poetry when you're playing guitar and you're just sort of improvising something you need to understand the soul of it right exactly yeah. but you can you can go either way like there's guitarists that are just in the technical aspect of it all they care about is gear and manufacturing and like yes. making the guitar the craziest thing in the world yeah. and then there's other people that just do not care about it at all and still but make beautiful music day, at the end of the yeah. day the music is all that really matters yeah. so i think if you have both sides that yes. gives you like quite an advantage art and science mm. yeah and no, i can understand that absolutely because like the chocolate if you don't understand the science of tempering and why certain things require certain amounts of time and why it's different and different like we have I have Excel formulas and graphs for all of our recipes. Mm. Like everything needs to be balanced, and you, your your cocoa fats need to be in a certain proportion to your fruit fibers and things like that. It needs to all be. You, there's certain parameters you have to stay within, mm. but you need to learn how to play with it as well. Yeah, as soon as you know the rules, you can break them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you can you can apply creativity to them. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. So how do you actually come up with new flavors? Or new ideas. So because our our flavors are very much driven by what's fresh and what's available and we will also generally go with what is what what do our suppliers have? Is sure. that a camera that's booping? Something's beeping, something. Is it this? It sounds like your laptop. Or is it beeping? It is my laptop. Why is my laptop beeping? It's never done that before. Oh! What's going on? It's the bloody timer I set for the cameras. I'm oh. just an idiot. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Have some more coffee. Be fine. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, you're saying? What were we talking about? Uh, how you come up with the new flavors. Oh, how do we come up with the new recipes? Yeah, I want to quote Douglas Adams, who used to say, when they said to him, how do you come up with new ideas? He said, from a guy that comes around every Tuesday in a van, which I thought was the best answer to the question ever. He was my favorite author. He's amazing, right? He's First time I read Hitchhiker's Guide was, it just blew my mind. <laughs> I'm with you, absolutely. At least now I know somebody else that can get my geeky my, jokes. My favorite thing in the world is still the panic glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I want a pair it of is a mistake bad. to think that you can solve all of the major world problems just with potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought considered that for the chalk boils, but I thought it was a little bit too esoteric. Not everyone's going to get it. <laughs> anyway, but the people yes, that do will appreciate. All hail Douglas Adams um, and Harry Potter, obviously. Yeah. Uh, what I was, were we getting, I was getting to Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. Um, what were we talking about? New recipes. Yeah. yeah. So really it's the, the major constraint on what we produce is what's local, what's fresh, 
what's locally sourced. So like we won't buy berries from a big conglomerate that keeps it in a freezer for six months so you know where it comes from. Yeah. So anything that is produced that way is out of bounds for us. So for instance, we'll have a new, last week we had a new raspberry recipe mm. and we got our raspberries from Mamalungi who runs the field berry farm out by Walkerville to Durside. Yeah. And really what's locally available, what's fresh, and what fits in with our sourcing. So for instance, we'll rather buy coffee from Bean there because they have a very good ethics to their company and yeah. that kind of drives it. So we'll never have a pistachio recipe because it's imported from Turkey and Iran or whatever. Our most recent ones, we made a vegan pecan and macadamia bar mm. because we've got some requests for vegan and Loveness came up with an amazing pecan and macadamia recipe that, and the nuts are from KZN. Okay. You know, our granadilla one is probably our most popular, and that comes from the Ganico farm out in Muldersdrift. Yeah. And their fruit is just incredible, and that, I suppose, is the first drive of how do we get new ideas. Mm. And the second thing is just the creativity side of it. You know, there's certain things that go well together, but you need to be able to taste that. Yeah. I have quite a good palate, so does Lovna, so does Pabalo, she's now developing it. And it's something that you're born with. I suppose like musical talent of which I have zero <laughs> but if you have quite a good palette you can train it yeah. and then you can pick up what goes really well together if you don't have a good palette like no one's ever going to turn me into a musician yeah choose your parents carefully right mm. <laughs> um, so that's that's the other thing really what's what's fresh what's seasonal what's local what fits in with um, what we want from from our suppliers really and then we just play uh, one of my favorites that we got is java and lavender Ooh. so we have a local tea supplier nagiru and she got hold of some fresh lavender and it goes really well we've got a milk chocolate um, from java it's a single origin color bowl and the flavor just goes beautifully together so you know we play around and we make stuff it's amazing really but we're winging it really we're making it up as we go along really. yeah yeah as basically. Thing. the yeah. best things in life we're winning absolutely yeah <laughs> um yeah, it's actually it's quite interesting that you say that, that you work around those limitations because mm. I've found that creativity comes out of limitation more than complete freedom. Mm. Um, like Jack White sort of had a very cool summary of it where he said his favorite number is three. Mm. So he likes to limit himself to threes in some way with everything mm. he does. So he'll say, okay, I want to write this song about this thing. I'm only getting three chords. I can only use three chords in the whole song and then out of that you actually come up with a more creative oh, way Oh, that's of interesting. Music. I see what you mean, yeah. Because yeah. with music especially, you can... Music and food are kind of... I know it's a cliche to compare the two. <laughs> <laughs> or people hate that in sort of journalism. Oh. Um, but I think, like you said, it's something that you're born with. It's not... Yes. I, don't, I don't necessarily believe in talent, but I think inclination and interest yes. are where it comes absolutely, from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. if you don't yeah. care about something, you yeah. will never learn. No, I mean, I think that's true. I have zero music. My father's a musician, right? Mm. And I have zero musical ability. So he likes to say that I'm not really his child, and we laugh about it. It's fine. <laughs> mm. But there's definitely something, certainly in chocolate, there's something that, and I think all chefs, they're born with a certain inclination, as you say, or a certain talent. But if you never use that and develop that, you'll never get anywhere with it. Mm. But I don't even see it like I lived a long time in Belgium. And if you wanted to eat fresh, locally, seasonally produced food, you were very limited. There wasn't much that's available. You've got apples and pears and oranges and kind of... But here in South Africa, we have mangoes and avos and lychees and nachis and seasonal, fresh, locally produced most of the year, we're absolutely spoiled for choice. Oh, yeah. And I think as a chef, that's, that's incredible. I don't even see it as a limitation. It's, it's something that's just waiting to be experienced, you know? Mm. And I'd far rather 
play around with somebody who's gotten hold of some local ingredient than use something that's been frozen sitting in a freezer for six months. No, for sure. You know, the possibilities are endless. We have such good fruits here and such good, you know, like our, our, all of our dairy stuff comes from Ruberry and the quality is out of this world. I've never tasted anything like that when I lived in Europe. You know, we're, we're really, really spoilt here. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah, and I also know you guys don't use any sort of preservatives or add sugar no. to make it last longer or anything? No, so our brand promises three things. No artificial flavors, no preservatives, no palm oil. Mm. And sugar's a big part of that because sugar is a very, very easy preservative. Mm. The more sugar you put in something, the longer you can keep it. But then the more sugar you add in, the less you can actually taste. It masks the flavor, mm. right? So if we get given coffee that's quite bitter you tend to add sugar like whereas if you're having like a bean there single origin Ethiopian it doesn't need sugar because yeah. the flavor is amazing and sugar is a very very cheap preservative it's a very cheap bulking agent but the more that you put in the longer you can keep your chocolates but when I'm making chocolates for you I don't want you to put them on the shelf for six months I want yeah. you to enjoy them tonight <laughs> immediately like doing what you love most mm. and it's in chocolate there's a there's a seesaw effect with quality and shelf life. You cannot have both. Mm. You can't have both. You can't have fresh Mooberry cream and granadillas from Ganoco and and keep it for six months. Yeah. Because the only way to do that is to add stabilizers and preservatives and loads of sugar and it's not gonna taste great. So you have this trade-off constantly between taste and quality, mm. or shelf life rather, I should say, taste and shelf life. Yeah. And if you want a 12-month shelf life, you have to compromise on flavor. There, there's no, you can't get around that. Mm. Which is why we're, we're kind of spoiled, really. You know, we get to make amazing chocolates. We get to use the kind of ingredients we want to. We make zero compromises on ingredients. And they taste amazing for two to three weeks. And I'm okay with that. I mean, that's fine. That's enough. fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> if your chocolate's lasting you for more than three weeks, it's not good enough. Then there's a problem, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and people said to me, when I started Chocolosa, people said to me, that's not possible. How can you possibly have a business model where your product doesn't last two to, more than two to three weeks? And I said, thank you for your advice. I'm going to do it anyway. I like it. And we have plenty of people that will come to us and will buy and they'll come back the following week and they'll bring their box because they know we refill boxes and we'll give you a free chocolate every time you refill. Mm. And it doesn't need to sit on the shelf at Macro for 12 months. Yeah. You know, it's okay. We, we make it to be had now. And if somebody's looking for something that they can take somewhere else in six months' time, we'll tell them, you know what, please buy it before you leave. Yeah. We're not going to push you for the sale now. I'd rather come back the day before you travel. That's amazing. You know, it's, it's, it's a compromise. It's actually not that difficult. The difficult thing is to stick to your principles and say, you know what, that's it. Our fresh butter creams last for two weeks and that's it. Yeah. It's okay. So for the future, sort of in terms of growing, um, I know you guys would never really export or like no. sell it in different shops or anything, but mm -hmm. would you sort of have, like if you have staff that have been working with you for the last five years, mm. Would you perhaps let them sort of open a branch in Cape Town or something maybe? Absolutely, yeah, sure. Um, I think right now we're just really glad that we've survived COVID. We're like, we're vertical and that's all that needs to happen for now. Yeah. Um, I think for the future, our main thing is staying true to the brand. Mm. So I would love to open in Cape Town. I would love to, we really need to get an online store. <laughs> and a, a really good friend offered to help us with that and I haven't done it and I feel bad about it. <laughs> But again, within the constraints of the brand. So yeah. we're never going to put preservatives in. We're never going to put heaps of sugar. Um, from a carbon footprint perspective, I'm not sure I would be comfortable with shipping 
air freight over to Belgium, yeah. you know, because from an environmental perspective, it's not really what I stand for. Mm. And I think there's plenty of growth possible in our local market. Um, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. You know, I'd love to, uh, Bronwyn, who's one of our salespeople who I think, I'm not sure if you've met her. I, th- I believe I have. Yeah. You wouldn't forget her if you had her. She's, she's very uh, rememberable. <laughs> um, she keeps on saying, I'm going to open a shop in Cape Town. I would love for her to do that. That would be great. But it has to be within the constraints of the brand. Yeah. So right now we sell here at 44 Stanley. This is our mothership. Mm-hmm. We sell through Jackson's and Bryanston, okay. which is a really, really good fit for us and the brand. They're also very concerned about sustainability and community upliftment and just the quality of what goes into your food. Yeah. Uh, we also have an outlet inside Checkers Hyper in Southern City. Okay. The main thing that connects all of those is that it's chocolate that man it so mm. we don't sell it on and somebody else sells it yeah because I think if you come in here you should have an experience you know you should be buying you should be having an experience it's not about you're not buying chocolates yeah you're actually buying a whole experience and that's what we're trying to do so right now it's only chocolate of people that sell chocolate mm. it's amazing mm. so <laughs> last but not least I know you're a big Harry Potter fan <laughs> Massive Harry Potter fan. All of the best people are. All of the best people are. My 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 year was made last year when somebody said to me, "Can you make a Harry Potter themed Easter egg?" Ooh. And I'm like, "Whoever asked for that, please give them a crown because that's amazing." <laughs> and I went into the workshop with Loveness and spent the whole day, and we made some beautiful Harry Potter eggs. We made some Marauders map eggs, and awesome. Just feeds my geekiness. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate and Harry Potter. Can you can you get better than that? So I'm sure you've done a done a house test. Yes, I have. Which are you? I'm a Ravenclaw. Oh, I'm a Hufflepuff. Are you a Hufflepuff? So I actually have a Hufflepuff mask. Okay. Because Hufflepuffs are awesome. Yeah. And they didn't have a Ravenclaw mask. <laughs> and I thought, everybody wants really to be a Hufflepuff, so I have a Hufflepuff mask. But actually, I'm a Ravenclaw. And my daughter, my nine-year-old daughter, was horrified. My nine-year-old daughter, who's a massive Harry Potter fan as well, because it's compulsory to live in the house that I live in. Um, she did a sorting test online and she still hasn't recovered because she was sorted into Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was always convinced I was going to be in Slytherin or something and then Hufflepuff pops up. I'm like, cool, like cool. it. How could you have, no, I could have told you you were Hufflepuff. It's one of my talents, sorting people into the Hogwarts houses. Mm. So I could have said you were Hufflepuff. Let me give you a test then. You've met Maddie? Yes. What, how would you sort her? She's Ravenclaw. Ooh. Don't you think? She's Hufflepuff. She's a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Is she really? According to the online sorting. But maybe your mind. Was it the Pottermore one or was it some kind of dopey Buzzfeed one? Probably the Pottermore one. Mm. Okay, we'll have to check that. Yeah, I would have said she was a Ravenclaw. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I want to gather her for my team, you know? Yeah. So the actual question I want to ask is if there's one thing out of the Harry Potter universe you could bring into the real world, mm-hmm. what would it be? Let's think. That's a great thing. I think... Really good question. Um, Personally, I would always have wanted, and this is not trying to suck up because yeah. you're a chocolate shop, but the, the chocolate frogs. The chocolate frogs, so we make yeah. chocolate frogs, yeah. Oh, yeah, I You know what I would love? So I've just re- reread The Cursed Child, mm-hmm. and when you see like what could go wrong when it goes wrong, and when racism prevails, and when division prevails, if I could have one thing out of the Harry Potter world in the full, full real world, it would be the can we please just all get along and not fight with each other? You know? That's a beautiful answer. Yeah, no, really. It's, uh, it's quite close to my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, I think often we tend to... You know what's interesting? You're from Bloom, right? Mm. I'm from Joburg. And, or if you take somebody from Cape Town 
and they'll make you know friends of mine in Cape Town make jokes about the Valleys, you know, and we yeah. make jokes about the the people from Cape Town. Mm. But if you take me and my friend from Cape Town and you chuck us into Botswana, suddenly we're South Africans together. Yeah. You know, and then we'll you know these people from Botswana are different from us, you know. Mm. But if you take the person from Botswana and me and you chuck us into Brussels, suddenly we're Africans together. Yeah. And sadly, it's something about human nature that we tend to. This person's different from me, and if we could banish that, that would be amazing. That's a very cool perspective on it. It's true, though, hey. It's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. Like we're Africans together, but if you're in Cape Town and from Joburg, suddenly we're divided. Why is that? Yeah. You know. I remember when I was about twelve, maybe, and we were on a trip through Europe with my dad, and we were standing on the docks in Venice, me and my brother, and we just hear from behind us like, um, oh, we were speaking Afrikaans, yeah. and all of a sudden we just hear from behind us like. <laughs> and it was just two people from Cape Town and we had like a 10 minute lack of chat with them but See? it was just immediately there was no weirdness nothing. No weird, yeah absolutely but if, you, if you'd been back here and he'd been from Cape Town you'd been from Bloom would that have happened? Not at all. You see, and no. that's a problem. And that's the problem with humanity, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Vicky, thank you so much for coming. Oh, it was on. such a pleasure. It was nice to chat it was to you. Very, thank very you. Nice. We could talk for hours, so thank you for that. <laughs>